Well, hello there and welcome to my corner of the digital universe. Prepare to dive deep, get real, get close, and find out entirely too much about people you likely don't even know. I am Jeremy Griffin and these are my conversations. So grab a coffee and get comfortable, because here we go. You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. And we want to thank you for listening to Stream Grace Network. If you want to find more podcasts like these, you can go over to StreamGrace.com, where the family of podcasters is always growing. And uh, before we dive into today's conversation, how about a word from me for our sponsor? I want to let you guys know where I get my haircut. I know you probably don't care because this is an audio podcast and many of you don't even know what I look like. But... I can tell you that this one person is who I trust. Rachel Burchett, she is uh, not only a podcaster on our network, and I get to be her co-host, but she is also a hairapist. That's right. She uh, cuts your hair and talks, or really lets you talk. You can check her out if you're in the greater Oklahoma City area at Rejoice Day Spa and Salon. Anyway, I know some of you guys are out there thinking, nah, just go do the thing over at Sports Clips or, uh, you know, Supercuts, whatever those just quick in and out places, but I'm telling you, it's worth it. So check it out. Rejoice Day Spawn Salon again if you're in the Oklahoma City area. And uh, go see Rachel and see if you don't like what you get. I'm so committed to this sponsor that I've been growing my hair out so that it can be a real live haircut. So my guests today uh, are Stephen and Rebecca Cunningham. How are you two? Doing awesome. absolutely great. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> So, um, so today, you know, we're just going to talk about you guys, oh, how nice. you met, what makes you great, <laughs> why everyone loves you, mm, why people should know you. I don't <laughs> know if everyone loves Right. Us. I was going to say, you probably should have done more research <laughs> on that. <laughs> well, let's, let's start, Stephen, let's start with you. Um, so let's kind of do a once over. Who are you? What do you do? What's your life? What, 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 yeah. All that. Awesome. Well, uh, we, right now we, we pastor a church. We mm-hmm. just started about a year ago, the Sanctuary OKC, uh, 1817 South Morgan Road. Plug. Um, shameless plug. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, wait a we, minute. I mean, can, can people who live out of state find you online? Absolutely. The Sanctuary OKC <laughs> dot church. Absolutely. Perfect. Or actually dot net. But, um, we have a ministry we started about four years ago called Crowned One Ministries and, uh, had a, just real quick had a supernatural experience with the Lord where he said, I want unity in my body mm. and, uh, the fivefold ministry back in the body. And, uh, it was a very, uh, it was an amazing thing for, for me personally. And when we started that, we did what he asked. It just led to other things, which led to the church being, uh, birth. And, uh, it's been going uphill ever since it's been, you know, uh, upward ever since, not uphill. I mean, kind it's of a church, kind of Come one on. of the same, right? I was going to say if it's church, <laughs> it's uphill anyway, but it's been going uh, very well. And one of the things he said, and I wanted to uh, point out was he said, don't look for people. I'll send people. Yeah. And it's been absolutely amazing. The people that he has sent. Oh, it has. So, uh, it's just been a, it's a blessing. Uh, we get to do what he's asking us to do for the kingdom. And I think, you know, we need to have more kingdom minded things. Right. So, yeah. But anyway, that's uh, that's currently what we're doing. I mean, it's uh, I was a uh, military guy, uh, law enforcement, uh, firearms instructor, which is how I met my wife. You uh, met okay, so you met through fire. That's right. I forgot like about that, that segue there. That that's great? good. Yeah. All right. Um, Do you see? I bought a new gun. That, oh, you? Pro- well, are we friends on not. Facebook? 
We may uh, not be friends. We, we should be. I mean, no, I mean, if you've requested me, I'm like, no. Yeah, there's no right. way I would not do this. Not that Cunningham yeah. guy. But no. everyone loves this. Come on. It's, well, uh, that's true. <laughs> I had to bring balance to it. So. Yeah, exactly. Now, is it a real gun or is it a paintball gun? <laughs> no, it's a Kimber 1911. Oh, there we go. Nice. That's my right favorite. Good. Kimber's yeah. my favorite. I yeah. have, I've had several 1911s. This is my first Kimber. And I've had some, I mean, I've liked them, but my 1911 experience, it's too thin for me to shoot well. Mm-hmm. And so I've ordered some fat grips. I'm just going to yeah. try it. So. Hogue, Hogue makes yeah. very good grips. That's what I got coming. Yeah. In fact, it's, it should arrive at our current location sometime today. Awesome. As we speak. Hopefully. Awesome. That, that's why I like that, Kimber. Those grips are narrow. Yeah. They fit my hand. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, I started to get, well, I don't want to get off on guns, <laughs> but I do like them. This is well, Oklahoma. We, we, we have a soft spot for guns. So. Exactly. <laughs> So yeah, firearms instructor and law yeah. enforcement. So I uh, was teaching firearms courses and a mutual friend of ours said, hey, I have this uh, lady that wants to learn how to shoot guns. You think, I was like, oh, I don't want to get her out to the range. You know, she's probably going to have to have some help standing up and, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and things like that. So I get to the range and uh, I see her there and I was like, oh my goodness, I hope it's her. Yeah, you're like, oh gosh, <laughs> please, please. <laughs> right. So I did. So it actually was her. And so uh, the, as, as the story, as the legend goes, <laughs> uh, gave her a quick lesson. She shot expert left-handed, expert right-handed, and wow. expert with her eyes closed. So, <laughs> so <laughs> wow. How about that? Yeah, don't count that last yeah, one. So, so, with the Kimber, by the way. Right. See? So I married her. Anyway. <laughs> At that point. Yeah, that's right. I couldn't. I didn't know how good my wife shot until later on in life. She's a great prone. She can hit 550 yards. No problem. Uh, I not all my family is that way. We have a designated reloader in our family. Really? Because we need some. I mean, if you can't shoot, you need a reload. Yeah, well, exactly right. You know, you know, if you got you got to serve in some capacity. Exactly yeah, right. So <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, she did. She shot very well the first time, and we just kind of hit it off. You know, um, actually, there was an audible click that we had with each that's other. True. And we didn't know that until later. We were talking about the first time we had met each other. Um, after that, we went uh, and met to go to a movie mm-hmm. and so i was like you know hey how are you doing we kind of gave each other a hug well when i hugged her i just it was like a, a click just a, a, like a snap went off wow and uh i said oh i'm gonna remember that so later on uh we were talking about it and she said oh yeah i never told you when we met you hugged i heard it click no but this was years later yeah. oh, like wow five right. or six or seven years yeah, I was just wondering if I like stepped on a can or something. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Did we? Is there some foil yeah. down there or something? Or, or I dropped my magazine. Or <laughs> that's what it was. You know, so. Wow. So how long ago was that? I mean, how, what better way? Let me ask this question. How long have you been married? So we were married uh, on Veterans Day. What, what year, Stephen? 11, 11, 11. Oh, good job. Oh, there you go. I, I'll never was be able to Was that on purpose? That. I mean. In, in a way. That's how my, my wedding date was totally on purpose. It's right. the date. Uh, well, now I'm going to forget. No, it's the day after. <laughs> yes, it is. Wow. Like, I've never forgot this. She's way worse. It's the day after her birthday. Oh, and so good. You lined it yeah. up perfectly. Yeah, well, that was the whole thing. I was going to do it on her birthday, um, but it was a Thursday, and I thought that was odd. Friday's odd to some degree, but Thursday, I was like, this is weird. You That's don't get married weird. on a right. Thursday. Now you can't remember. You can't forget her birthday. Right. Well, that was thing. the thing. I figured I'd remember one of the two. If I could remember one of the two, I'd be all right. <laughs> you would be good. And then I realized she doesn't even remember anything about stuff. Like we went, she knows where we went on our first real date. Right. But I know what she was wearing. Aww. We always debate over it because it was a, it was a purple dress that she com- is convinced was blue. I'm like, no, it's purple. But that was true that night. 
we had the same argument that night. So anyway. okay. that's too funny. We've dated for a lot longer than that, but we dated a long time and then we got married. Yeah, she uh, she couldn't wait any longer. And, uh, <laughs> she had, she had to convince me. You know, I was like, you know what? Okay, fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll no. give in. I'm sure. Yeah. I okay. will. I should have done it sooner. I'll say that. Okay, but that's hindsight, right? Hindsight. <laughs> right. I would have done it sooner. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm going to pause here, and now let's hear the real story from Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> real story is, I had asked a friend, I said, I want to learn how to shoot a gun. I've always wanted to do that, and been a little intimidated by it. And so she said, yeah, I'll, I'll hook you up with this guy that I know that can do it. And I said, well, I'll, you know, I want kind of an older guy. I don't want to be messing around with stuff, you know. What did I say? Did I say older? You did. You said oh, a broken down veteran, I think. I did said. not say that. I'm thinking you were trying to avoid the whole awkward, yes. all right, let me fix your stance. Hey there, yes. kind of let thing. Let me yeah. put my arms here, honey. Right. Tennis yeah. instructor, golf instructor, right. all in the same category. <laughs> which, which, which is true. Ironically, I mean, you kind of have to do that. Right. But You do. Well, let me rephrase it. When you're looking for a woman, you kind of have to do that. <laughs> you don't want to do this with your male clients. Right. For some reason, it's kind of frowned upon. Exactly. I don't know why. That's, that's, the, that's how you know. You just go scope the guy out and say, well, he's not doing it with him. Right. Hey, yeah. nobody's doing this that's with weird. us. That's it's weird. It's like, do, for guys, it's like, do what I'm doing. You know? <laughs> but you know the date's going well, or the gun class is going well. <laughs> no. Oh, there it is. There, exactly. there we go. Because uh, mm -hmm. when she says, I didn't quite get that. Can you show me again? Oh, <laughs> okay. gosh. Here we go. I think that happened in his mind. <laughs> but I did see this guy. And what the way he described himself is a retired army veteran. Look, you should see his face over here. A retired army guy. So I'm thinking an old dude. Right. You know? Um, and so he he comes walking up. And I'm like, oh, I hope that's him. <laughs> so we were thinking the same thing. We wow. were. And you know what's That's so, why you heard the click. Right? Exactly. We honestly are like this in life. This yeah. is how we operate. It's like, do you? Yeah, I know. Me too. Well, let's go then. Okay, Friday good? Yeah. Dude, And it's real. done. Yeah. It's truly, to anybody, marry your best friend. Yeah. Man, that's so real. Because Lori and I do the same thing. Sure. Like, she'll call me and I'll just go into the answer. Mm -hmm. Like, it'll right. be the call mm -hmm. and I'm like... Uh, I'm thinking, now granted, I mean, if she calls me, it's 515. I'm guessing she's saying, what do you want for dinner? Like, <laughs> right. That's a fair guess. But even beyond that, I mean, there's times it's just, you know, you just know. You just know. Her her natural response to most of that is, get out of my head. That's what she'll say. <laughs> right. If I say something, she's like, get out of my head. I never say it. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I like it too. We like it. It, yeah. it suits us just fine. We, we, we do all kinds of things. Scuba diving. We've been all over the world scuba diving together. It's uh, it's just been fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, we both went to Karis Bible College together. Um, of course, you know, her uncle's Andrew Womack. So right. she had always wanted to go to Bible College since he had started that. And of course, I didn't know who Andrew Womack was until later on, right before I started uh, seeing her. I actually started watching him on television thinking, man, that guy's about as plain as dirt, but it's awesome. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so I started doing that. So when she said later, she goes, oh, you know, are you watching that? I said, yes. I said, that's, she said, that's my uncle. Hmm. And I was like, get out of here. And she goes, no, really? And so that's kind of how that got started. So that just, was, was that the kicker? That's when you knew, well, I guess it's okay. Yeah, I so. guess he likes Andrew. <laughs> if he's good enough for Andrew, he's good enough for me. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> no, really, I he, I thought, this is a good-looking man teaching me how to shoot a firearm over here. A man! <laughs> a That's real what man. <laughs> uh, did you have a cigar? I mean, I feel like you should have had a cigar. No, no, it was... 
<laughs> it was more like she was watching me reload in my swim trunks. Oh, oh wow. Watch, oh, wow. I, didn't, know, I didn't need that there, visual. That was the weird part. There was three guns on site at oh, the time. Lord oh, my gosh. Mercy. At least he didn't say he was like loading in a Speedo or something. Right. That made this no. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> the Speedo was much later. <laughs> I'm glad we have that button if we need yeah, it. Yeah, mute. We'll just come back in. Rewind. <laughs> People ask if we edit. Right. Not yet. Not that's not, what I always that's tell that's them. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so you go through. So, how long did you end up dating then? If You guys got married on. Uh, November, November, November. Mm-hmm. So probably about <laughs> yes, four years. Yes and yes. Five years. Five years. Five, Five years. years we dated. Yeah. Wow. Five years. Yeah. She, uh, I had to, you know, shun her for five years. <laughs> 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 I had to keep a stiff arm oh, you know, for five Steven. years. So. I feel like that's a lie. No, no lie. <laughs> uh, survey says that's a lie. <laughs> so anyway, back to Rebecca's version exactly. of this. We'll go back to that one. We have your version and the truth. We're going to focus on the truth here. We, we did make a deal that I would I would say the truth only behind closed doors when we're together. And then out in public, we would go with her version. So... <laughs> All right. Oh, no. I, I just was very careful. We've always had yeah. this kind of fun. That's so. good. That's I was good. just super careful. That's all. And so, like I say, looking back, I should have done it sooner. Yeah. Well, but you know, it is what it is, right? It, yeah. And you couldn't have, if you did it sooner, you wouldn't have had 11, 11, 11. The best you could have done is 10, 10, 10. Yeah, right. 999. Nine, nine, nine. Or 999. Nine, nine, nine. Well, yeah, I guess you seven, had quite seven, a few seven. options. <laughs> yeah. It was, How about that? Never was, mind. Yeah. Unusual around that time. So, yeah. So, yeah, my youngest son, I always remember his birthday because it was, uh, it's 12, 11, 10. Mm. Oh, that's cool. Countdown. Yeah. yeah. Very good. I have nothing for my other boys' birthdays. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> they were also a day apart, so I keep all the dates really centralized. <laughs> right. You know. All but you really need is a secretary, and this would all be no problem. You know, I that's all true. Dates. If you if you know somebody who is willing to work, well, is willing to pay me to work, that'd actually be ideal if you could find that. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. That would be great. <sighs> that's what I call a paid internship. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, no, no. You pay me. What <laughs> you misunderstood. That's what it was. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's uh, let's see. Let's talk about Karis a little bit. So tell me about Karis Bible College and everyone else who's listening. Either one of you. Doesn't matter? No. So we were the directors of Karis Bible College in Oklahoma City. After we graduated, um, the, the director that began the school left, and so they said, hey, can you guys take it? We said, sure. So we did that for a few years, and it was just it was awesome yeah it there was. there is truly no what's the word i'm looking for um substitute for just sitting under the word mm-hmm. with people like-minded people and you're growing and you're learning and i mean we'd have our bibles and we'd be like oh my gosh did you know this was in here you know being raised in church isn't that crazy though it's crazy yeah it's, it's real just, it is but it's yeah crazy. but it was just really cool and we've we've got friends now and our leadership team and you know at our church and right. our ministry they're all people that we met at Karis. We're just just a unit. Well, and what's cool about that, if they're people you met at Karis, you've got a large group of people who mm-hmm. are well-equipped. Exactly. They're yeah, well-equipped. They, they're well-grounded. The first year of Karis is foundational. You get into the Word of God. You, you, you really go into what is in there, and you know you, you see things and hear things. You always... Well, for me personally, going going through life, I would hear things taken out of context from the Bible. Sure, yeah. And so as we put all that together in Karis, and you go through the whole Bible, you read the whole Bible, you do all of those, uh, there was so much that uh, you think that you know, but you really didn't know. And as you get into that, and that's when that uh, you get that revelation of truth. Mm-hmm. And that's what is just absolutely mind-blowing. And you're all sitting around looking at each other. You know, mm-hmm. people have been in ministry 
God had been in ministry for mm-hmm. almost 50 years. Oh, dude, yeah. Yeah, so he yeah. went to Karis, and his whole life was changed. He mm-hmm. said, I wish I'd have known this before I started my ministry. And that's something cool, too, because, you know, the first year he was talking about it being foundational is we have people that come in that have been in ministry for 50 years and someone else will come in. They got born again two weeks ago. Wow. You know, this person was of this denomination. This one was this. And so the only textbook that Karis uses is the Bible. Mm. And so we get in and dig <laughs> for so ourselves. So you have a lot of expense in books then right yeah right (laughs) you should already have one of those but if you don't you got to get a bible but you know it's cool i mean here's a novel thought christians reading the bible weird i know there you go strange Mm -hmm. that that was awesome there are some uh religions where they don't want you to read the bible right they want you to go and ask somebody so it was really neat seeing people come from those religions we're Mm. all sitting in there together people from all different backgrounds learning together and it was just uh it's just an amazing experience now are you guys still the directors or no, do you have, not no. as of just resigned really okay we literally have just resigned this maybe is going to be informing some <laughs> people maybe <laughs> exactly By the way, right. sorry you have a new director next year <laughs> no no it was more than that we've been thinking about this for a year mm. but trying to get some things in order and actually the church picked up so quickly and so i and i need to be there at the church too with him yeah we need to be single focused on what the lord's called us to do sure so when i want to talk about that you said something going on early on and we'll bounce around so if i said something at the beginning it said hey we're going to talk about this maybe we will maybe we won't but <laughs> um i want to talk about this the five-fold ministry gifts yes and being present in the church because this is something that's been on my heart you know i've talked about this sure. a little bit it's been on my heart for I can easily say the last six to seven years, it's been very prominent. Now, I'm not necessarily in a position to execute that. Um, sure. I can do my part. I can make my, my gift available. But I want you to talk more about that, the deficiency that you've seen in the church without that, and kind of your strategy to bring those gifts together. Awesome. Yeah. So what we encountered, and which was great, because when I had this encounter with the Lord, uh, we had actually been uh, talking about that, how... Most churches today, and, and please hear my heart on this, we're not talking badly of any churches or pastors or anyone else. This is just what uh, the Lord enlightened in us and woke up in us was that most churches have a one and twofold ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they have people Typically in, in what? The, pastor, teacher? Yes, pastor, teacher. Yeah. Most have a pastor and a teacher. Some of them, it's just a pastor that is also a teacher. And they're missing out on the whole fivefold ministry. And so when... Uh, we decided after that encounter that we were going to go and try and promote fivefold ministry within churches. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a lot of pushback. There was some pushback from people saying, you know, like, this is my flock. You know, we know what's best for this flock, that whole thing. Well, which, you know, obviously, first of all, isn't true. It's God's flock. Right. And he's asked us to shepherd that flock. And so we're supposed to equip you know, those people, not everyone is called to fivefold ministry. Mm-hmm. Some are called to the fivefold ministry to equip the saints. So that's what we want to do. And what we're doing at the sanctuary of Oklahoma city is we are bringing in people from each gifting, you know, people that are apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, you know, the, all five that we're bringing in and exposing to them. Obviously we have a pastor, obviously we have a teacher, uh, Rebecca is, uh, is very strong in prophetic giftings and you know uh, I've been called to apostolic which means uh, we, in our future and it, these are just things that if people have questions about that they can contact us yeah 
Um, I, and I want to kind of, I want us to, I want you to finish, but I want us to kind of define those a little bit. Sure. Kind of entry level, sure. because I do think Absolutely. it's important. Go ahead. Absolutely. And um, so what we started doing is, is exposing people to those, because there are a lot of people that came up in church, including myself, that thought the church was all about the pastor. Mm-hmm. And the pastor is, is obviously the under shepherd of the Lord, where he's, you know, shepherding this flock. But. Um, we're supposed to be able to allow those people to come in once we discern, you know, and pray about it. And, and, and we, we're having a, a, you know, just a wonderful time showing people, letting people be exposed to these things, ask questions. Uh, a really good friend of ours from Cal, um, Colorado, Liza West, uh, she teaches an amazing class on uh, the prophetic and how to operate in the prophetic. A good friend of ours, Marcus and Sharon Wick, who also operates in the prophetic and there matter of fact there were there are co-hosts for the uh, encounter conferences that we have uh, we invite them in we have evangelists come in we have uh, all of these different uh, uh, giftings come in and, and let people just witness and understand what they're about and listen about those things because honestly a lot of people don't understand that there can be different giftings yeah so a lot of people, and this and this is my opinion. It's not a fact. It's just my opinion that a lot of churches, uh, I forget the latest. It's like eighty-one percent within the first two years fail of churches. Mm. Well, a lot of people feel feel like they're called to ministry, and when they do, they automatically think, "Well, I guess I have to be a pastor." Right. So that's this is why we have this network, by the way. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, exactly, and and that may not be, you know, that they know they're called to ministry, but they're not sure exactly sure where they're called to be in ministry so mm-hmm. um you get burnt out yeah you're trying to do something you're not called to do and you can only do it by uh trying to learn how to do that right where if you're called there's a grace that comes with that mm-hmm. and um once that mantle is, is is given to you is appointed to you for whatever office that is you know that, that there will be provision there right so um, so what we're trying to do in a nutshell is uh, the Sanctuary OKC is called church right now, but it's more of a apostolic training center mm-hmm. or a training center is what we're going to be defined as in the future because we want people to come in and experience those. You know, And let's say someone goes, well, I've, I've always felt I'm supposed to be an evangelist. And so what we'll do is we'll get with our, you know, people that, 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 that are operating in that gifting and they'll sit and they'll talk and they'll, uh, we can use some discernment and say, well, let's, you know, let's try it all. There's, there's no reason you can't say I'm going to do this, mm-hmm. but is that your true calling? Yeah. That's the thing. Well, I find it interesting, you know, in general, the fivefold, we, we've, our, our church structures have primarily been built around a pastor, right? Right. Uh, he may have, or she may have an apostolic gifting attached to that, or and what I would argue is that's what they are, but they have to be a pastor because of the role. But, um, and not always, but but it's usually pastor apostle or pastor uh, teacher. That tends sure. to be the standard. I know some pastor evangelists and so on and so forth. But again, going with that mindset, I think the challenge has been exactly what you said. You know, when the Lord told me to, and this was going to be a really plain sentence that it was not a plain sentence, but when he wanted me to start this network, one of the things he said very clearly was, I have given a message to a lot of people who don't need to be pastors and start a church. They need a platform to share what God, what, you know, what he said, what I'm telling them, but it doesn't need to be a church. And so 
you know, my initial thought process wasn't even a, the podcast network. It was about planning a church where I gave that opportunity where they didn't have to pastor it. I would make sure and just do all the stuff that needs to be done, but get up here and speak. What's the word uh, that God has given you to share? And so I think um, the challenge that I've seen over the years, and I want to kind of transition a little bit to this, uh, is talking about the structure of leadership in a church. Because I think that's what, not I think, that is what gets in the way of these gifts working. Sure. Um, I had, I think it was, uh, you know, it was the third church that I worked at. Um, and I went and was asked to speak with the associate pastor about getting some perspective on something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember what the scenario was, but I was talking to this guy. He'd been in ministry for a very short period of time, and he'd only been uh, in relationship with the Lord for six months longer than he'd been in ministry. So you can do the math on that. And uh, he said, one of the things he said to me is when you have a vision from the Lord, you've got to lay that down for the vision of the pastor. And I didn't quite understand that, that concept because I thought, okay, I understand that he's the shepherd here or what, you know, and all the parts that go with that. But why did God tell me anything? What's the point of telling me anything if that's what I'm supposed to do? Right. And so I had believed Okay, the point of t- like it, it's going to work in conjunction with what he's doing if that's where I'm called, right. um, but it's not laying it down, right? And so, um, one of the things I said to him, I said, "Okay, I've worked at three churches, and all three of them believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. They all see the Godhead, the Trinity. They recognize the Virgin Birth. They recognize the Resurrection. And I just went through a laundry list of core values, and I said, but not one of them have a governmental structure that's the same." Right. Not one of them handles money the same. Sure. Not all of them have boards. Not all of them have elders, <laughs> deacons. You go down the list. And I said, what that leads me to believe is those are things that are almost up to us in a lot of ways because <laughs> there seems to be no confusion on the lordship of Jesus. But if you look around the local church, there's all sorts of versions of what's... And, and most people, sure. whatever way they're doing it, most people believe that's the biblical model. But, you know, I've seen 12 biblical models. And so to me, you know, I say that, and you can, you can speak to that directly, either one of you. But I think when that comes into play with the fivefold is the challenge. Right. Absolutely. And that's, that's where it gets really cool, the way the Lord set it up. But it's also a little tricky, and it can be messy. Yeah. But the deal, if you go to Ephesians 2... The foundation of the church is laid on the apostles and the prophet and the prophets with mm-hmm. Jesus as the cornerstone. That's right. And he's the head of the whole deal, but he has gifted apostles and prophets to lay the foundation, which technically would be like the government, yeah. possibly. I hate to use that word now, it's so negative, but there has to be an order to the way that the Lord set his body up. Right. Or else my hand would be on my back. That doesn't work. Right. It has to go right here. And so, um, it's really funny if you're working with a fivefold ministry, then you've got to have somebody kind of laying the foundation. Okay, guys, here's what the word says. Right. Jesus, the cornerstone, has the word. Here's what the word says. And here's what the word says to do. And so you've got an apostle looking at the same thing from this direction, a prophet looking at it from this direction, an evangelist from this direction, right. a pastor from this one, a teacher from this one. And we all have the same goal which is to advance the kingdom of God on the earth mm-hmm. and get people born again, live in victorious lives, um, being able to teach other people, share their faith. You know, these are all basic in a lot of our denominations. But like you're saying, the way we go about it is so different because there isn't 
hasn't been a real acknowledging of an apostle and a prophet. Right. And I know that sounds weird today because I have had people hand me their their business card. Hi. It says, hi, I'm an apostle. I'm an apostle yeah. Joe. Prof- I'm like, so oh, trash. Yeah. Right. My, you know, file 13. Well, because what does that become? For them, it's identity. It's yes, title. Right. But our identity is not what we do. It's who we are. It's, you know, I, I had this conversation with with different people, and, I, and one guy specifically who was a pastor. Everybody always called him pastor his whole life. Pastor blank, pastor blank. And, uh, and we were looking at a title change and I just recommended a title change for him. Long story behind that. But, um, then he said, well, if I'm not pastor so-and-so, who am I? And I thought, wow, because this is a person who, who teaches identity, right? He's wrapped up. And I said, uh, child of God, which title do you want? Right. Pastor blank or child of God. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. And, <laughs> and I think that that's the fundamental challenge is that we get wrapped up in the title versus the action. It Absolutely. is a verb, right? Exactly. Those things are verbs. It's right. actions. It's what we do. Exactly. Because I mean, I, I am probably in this order. I am prophet, pastor, apostle, which is kind of a weird combination. Prophet, pastor is kind of weird. But I see it as I see things pretty black and white. You know, here's here's what it is. And and this is and we can kind of talk about the fivefold a little bit here. Um, tell you guys tell me if you think, you know, fix me when I say what I'm about to say. <laughs> uh, an apostle is the cat who's like, man, this is what the Lord's telling us to do. We're going to go do it's very visionary. We're going to go start this thing, plant this thing. Yeah. Gung ho. Right. Yes. Entrepreneur. The um, the prophet is you can do what you want. Um, but this is what the Lord says. So anything else you do is kind of stupid. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, great idea. This is what God says. Which one do you want to do? You yeah. <laughs> Not God idea, just great idea. Exactly. Let's not do that. Exactly. And then you have the pastor. It's like, okay, all your great ideas and your hard line, this person over here is hurting. Can we please hug and love right. on them? Right. And, and maybe, can we just give them a little grace, maybe a touch? And the teacher's over there going, guys, just listen to my lesson and all this will be fixed. If you just listen to what I say. Did you not hear what I talked about? <laughs> exactly. And then the evangelist is going, none of you are talking about Jesus. I don't understand why you're not telling yes. the love of Jesus to everybody. Why are we arguing in the church? Let's go out exactly. there. And exactly. I think a big part of that, first off, do you feel like those characterizations oh. are fair? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Seems pretty spot on from our experience. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I think the big challenge in working together in that is imagine, you know, this is what I always see. If you have a prophet as the head, and this is where I see the problem, by the way. If you have a prophet as the head, then you have that demeanor affecting everybody. And that's that, true. and you're never gonna build a team around that. That's true. Exactly right. If you have apostle as the head, you're gonna be always looking for the future. You're never in the present. So there is no ministry in the moment. You're good. Yep. You, want, you can adjust. Okay. There you go. Sorry. There, good. Thanks. Just so everybody knows who's listening. I'm Rebecca having, was having adjusting issues. the microphone. She's having issues, but we're good now. <laughs> but you have you have that, um, you know, with the prophet, you just have this hard line. Here's what we're going to do. Or as back on apostle. Apostles all vision. So nobody is taking care of the right now, right? If you have an evangelist at the front, then every message is about Jesus and there's no actual equipping, right? There's very little right. equipping, I should say, because everything is in the light of the love of Jesus, yes. what he did for us in the resurrection. Right. Nothing wrong with that. But when you're talking about being in church, those folks, they got that 15 years ago. Now they need equipping. Equipping, right? right. And then the teacher never has any spirit, not necessarily, <laughs> but I mean, by default, you know, it's just like, here's, here's what it says. Here's the practicality of it. 
right and so on and the, and the yeah. pastor you know just loves people and doesn't worry about all the other stuff and just trust that it's all oh, it's going to be fine you don't think about the future very much as a pastor you just think about what's happening right now and to me this is where we've gone wrong we have tried to find a head among the five right but the head contains all five yes. perfectly his name yes. is jesus yes francis chan said it best to me when he was resigning his church, I was listening to the messages from him for the first time ever. I, his, the first message I ever heard from him was the week before he resigned. The second one was talking about that he resigned. And it was hmm. very interesting because when he was talking about when people asked him who's going to run the church, he said, well, the same person that's been running it, the Lord. And they would say, yeah, yeah, no, I get it. But who's really going to run it? He'd say, Jesus. Okay, I know. But when the rubber meets the road, who's really, who, who, right. who makes the decision? Jesus. This is something I do not think the modern church in Western America can really live on. That's I mean, true. I think they should, but they don't. Well, that's true. And that's why if you asked us what our church, we, we don't even like to call it church. Yeah, because church is Cause not what that is, yeah, right? We're, we're, the yeah. we're doing right. it. Yeah. We're the church. So yes. we, we don't, that's why we're debating on what to actually call this because people come expecting a church that right. they're used to, mm -hmm. and that's not who we are. So I think it was amazing, of course, what, what, what God did when he came and uh, gave this vision to us of what he wanted. He said, I want this. And he started with foundation. He said, foundation, foundation, mm -hmm. foundation. He said it three times. Mm. And so we don't know what this is going to look like because we're not doing it the way churches, air quotations, typically mm -hmm. do this. So uh, we don't know what it's going to look like. We just know that we are coming together and we are going to be a one-headed slash five-headed monster, which is, <laughs> you know, where and the thing that we've done very well, and I, and and she has to agree with me on this, by the way, is if she doesn't, we'll edit it out. Oh, exactly. Maybe. Where's that beat button? Beat button, beat me. <laughs> but uh, is that we have stayed true to that vision that he gave us we in the have. beginning. We, we have, have not veered off that. We've had people come and say, "Oh, you should do this. You should do that. You know, why don't you have a daycare? Why don't you have a right." You know, and, and we have said, this is what he has asked us to do. Unite the body, foundation, and fivefold ministry. And that is exactly what we have done. So I, people ask us, what is this going to look like in a year, two years, five years? I can't tell we you. Don't know. All I'm saying, and this is one other thing he said to me. He goes, I will show you the next step. Mm -hmm. Take that next step, and I'll show you the next step. Yes. That's and, great. And that's what we're doing. Yeah. Well, that's so, how he leads. Yeah. He if I, probably if he gave us from here to five years down the road, we'd go okay, got yes. it, thanks. We'll take care of it from here. We got don't this. need to talk to you anymore. Exactly, right. and that's why he told me specifically yeah. because I would have. I'm, 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 you know, military law enforcement. I would have handled it <laughs> right, and I would, and I would have adapt, overcome, <laughs> blah, blah. <laughs> exactly, and I would have messed it up. Yeah, sure. And so that is why he said, "Don't look for people. Yeah. I will send you people." Yeah. step by step and yeah. so and it was such a profound impact on me to see him face to face it was just uh life-changing mm -hmm. and so we have done that we have stuck to that we are uh, and you know we're about a year old now with now of course the ministry we had three four years and now the church is about a year old so uh and, and, and it's working fine and there are a lot of like she uh referred to a while ago there are a lot of good ideas but there's not a lot of God ideas. Yeah. And we have to make sure they're God ideas because otherwise if we split that vision, mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. then then we become weaker. Uh, we, we start uh, losing that momentum, that focus that he gave us. Mm -hmm. So we have to be very careful that everyone 
associated with us has the same vision. Everyone on our leadership team has to have the same vision. And if they don't, if they think, well, I think we should, you know, then maybe that's, you know, better for them to do something else. So, and I don't remember who said this, but someone said um, the best way to ruin a man's vision is give him two. Right. Andrew Womack. Was it Andrew Womack? Mm-hmm. Well, I should have probably remembered that. <laughs> yeah. I'm texting him. Yeah, I'm going to Well, I mean, right I don't now. have his number, but we'll get <laughs> Well, he uses the example of a laser beam. Yes. It's yes. that focused energy is in that one point, that's and if right. you split that beam up, it loses the yeah. energy that's required right. to accomplish whatever that laser is there to do. So, I've got one of those illegal lasers you're not supposed to have <laughs> well, that can light stuff at distances beep. until, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> until you turn it, right? If it's not focused on the point, it won't do anything. It exactly. diffuses the power that's and right. the strength of it. Absolutely. So we, we have to stay focused uh, on what he has asked us to do. And um, I, I do see a lot of people that we know in other churches. And once again, I'm not bad-mouthing anybody. I'm seeing where they, they're getting uh, diverted Right. And, and they're going off on, you know, rabbit trails. And you know why? Why does that happen, you think? Well, I, I, I guess Try there's... Try to get some people in the seats. There, for counting noses and nickels. Right. And, yeah. and cars in the parking lot. Well, and I think the thing is, there's a couple of things. And I, you, you talked on some things that uh, rings true, like means something to me. I used to tell people this step at a time thing's huge. Um, I said, if God wants to get Jeremy from Oklahoma City to Dallas, then... If if I if I if he tells me that I'm gonna just get on the interstate and go to Dallas, right? He may want to take me to Dallas by way of Alaska, right? Mm-hmm. And I have to understand that it's not about efficiency of time; it's mm-hmm. about efficiency of impact. Okay. And therefore, the time may not be what you want because you're making impact along the way. Right. Every story we have, for the most part, about Jesus was on a journey, not mm-hmm. at a location. Exactly. Usually, road. it tells you the whole story, and then it says, "And then he spent three weeks in Capernaum." Oh, yeah, in Capernaum. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't tell you about what happened. I mean, it'll say, and many miracles followed or whatever, but the story that you hear is on the journey. Exactly right. And I think that it's a huge part of it. And I learned this lesson. I am a big-time planner guy. So I I do a lot of internalizing, and then the last bit of my my, uh, plans are usually external. i got to have another human across from me to talk to. They they can know nothing. It doesn't matter. I just need to talk at their face. (laughs) Right. But one of the things that I learned, I had a friend... I mean, he's still my friend, um, but he <laughs> he ran an upholstery shop and uh, I really enjoyed working with him because it's something I never did. And I always like doing new things. So I would go over and I would do these projects with him. And I remember we were building this uh, chandelier as a commission project for someone up in Tulsa. And it was made out of this massive piece of red oak or something. And it was really cool. And he had a picture of it on the whiteboard. And I said, all right, what's first? And he goes, well, we got to cut this thing down. It's like, all right. So we're, he didn't have the tool to cut it down in one cut. We had to figure out a way to get it completely cut because it was just massive. Mm-hmm. And so then it was, okay, what's the next step? And then we're talking about it. I said, okay, what do we do after that? And he goes, I think we're going to do this. And I said, okay, well, after that, what are we going to do? He goes, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That kind of blew my mind that if you're going to build something, even, even in that world, you don't know where you're going to go on step three. Right. He That's knew true. where he was going next. He had a good idea of where he was going after that and had no idea after that. Right. And it was a and what blew my mind was when we got done, two things happened. One, the project got finished. It did look like the drawing, but it wasn't exactly like the drawing. That's right. And it had its own nuance because he sure. was just artistically in this case, mm-hmm. and I would argue spiritually, being led to complete the project. 
And I think the other reason I really identify with what you're doing is I get asked all the time about the Stream Grace Network and, you know, what's your long-term plans? And I said, to do what the Lord tells me. Yeah. There we go. Because I don't know the quote-unquote next step. Right. But I know what I've always told people is that he, he gave me a sense of urgency to do what I'm doing and he called yes. me to do it. So I believe there's going to be a far more clear reason that when you look back in the hindsight part of it, you're like, oh my gosh, that's why. That's why he wanted me to do it. And that's what I yeah. see in what you're doing. Amen. And I love that. I love the fact that you just don't know where it's going. And but we, people want to shape it, right? Uh, exactly. Even all congregation members. I mean, all the time. Well, especially other uh, churches. Oh, yeah. And other pastors. I mean. Uh, <laughs> yeah, how do you I, even sit down with another pastor? It, it's just, you know, and we have a bunch of really good friends that, uh, that you know, are just completely uh, in our corner going, hey, that's great. That's awesome. You know, we support you, whatever you want to do. And, and then there's some that just uh, won't return your call, won't talk to you, won't. Uh, they'll stop short of if we've got something going on, mm-hmm. uh, won't help us advertise that. Mm-hmm. And then there's others that are like, oh, you got something going? Let us know. We want all our people there. Yeah. Uh, we have one great uh, oh, pastor yeah. friend of our, Danny and D. Hart out in El Reno at Legacy Community Church. They uh, they came to one of our services, and it's the first time we had ever met him. And he came up afterward, and he said, the Lord told me I'm supposed to support whatever you're doing. Wow. And he goes, anytime you need our building, anytime you need any of this, he goes, uh, it's yours. And Amen. He, he's done that, and more than that. Uh, oh, yeah. those amazing. Those two uh, Andy, are Andy. truly kingdom-minded, mm-hmm. which is exactly what this is. This is about the kingdom. It's not about us, which is really weird for us to be talking about us because we never talk about us. Right. Yeah. But that's why I like having guys like you on. <laughs> right. Because you don't do that. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, and, and, and you, I do believe you're part of who God said he would send. I do, too. Yeah. And, and so when we see these people that come and say, I don't know why I'm here. I said, I know why you're here. Right. Now I can't tell you why, why, why right? <laughs> right. But, <laughs> but you're here yeah. and, and wow, it's just been amazing. Um, it's, it's, I don't think you really get to experience his true love that he has for you until you are just following him blindly. Yeah. You know, you're, 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 you're in his hands and he's guiding you. And I've seen him in different at three different times in different ways. And every time it was him leading us mm. And one of them was he had, he had my hand holding my hand, and we were leading into the darkest storm clouds you've ever seen. Mm. And there was no fear; it was all peace. And his face was set as we walked into those dark clouds, and he had my hand. And it was like, "Let's go." Yeah. So anyway, that's a that's a whole other podcast there, but it's <laughs> still awesome. though, that's great. It is. It's just uh, it's been a wonderful experience. Um, and I, you know, just shout out right now to Rebecca, my wife, who's been there beside me this whole time, and. Normally people, you know, say, listen, I just saw Jesus. They'd be like, okay, so uh, we're not giving you those eggs anymore, you know. <laughs> but it was uh, just a defining moment in our lives together because it just uh, completely changed the trajectory trajectory of where we were heading. I was actually teaching high school at the time. So yeah. Different thing. And and he is a totally different person as a result of this experience and so we've got some years under our belt now and i'm like man that changed his life yeah Yeah. you know and he's a different man it's it's really cool yeah don't get it wrong i was really good before but i'm even better but he wasn't fantastic (laughs) now he's magnificent so (laughs) i have that's good uh rebecca i want you to speak to this because i've had people uh i I was just thinking about your relationship 
as I'm observing it here and just spiritually sensing it, um, reminds me a lot of my relationship with my wife. And one of the things that I have said a lot, like when I first got into ministry, one of the first things I did is I really wanted to protect her from obligation. And so the first church I worked at, I was like, hey, just, and it was a nice context, but I'm paraphrasing here. I basically said, you hired me, not her. So don't expect her to do all the things that you would think that you, whatever your expectation is, it's not going to happen. Um, because again, you hired me, not her. Now it didn't mean she wasn't a partner in ministry with me, but it's kind of getting to my point. When people started asking her what she was called to do, she would say, I'm called to support my husband. And they would say, okay, yeah, yeah. But, but what are you called to do? And it was like, it wasn't enough. And the thing is, I think with my personality type, not that I would, I mean, I would have support anything she'd want to go do in, for the most part. <laughs> I say that it's a luxury, honestly, <laughs> right. but, but I think the thing is <clears throat> I, I, she has been instrumental in everything I do because of that support. And I think that is very underrated in, in most people's world, maybe because they haven't experienced it. But I know, I mean, you can imagine if you're married to somebody and I was, I'm never flaky. I have a very high responsibility, um, passion in me, but I also get bored really easy. So if I'm doing the same thing over and over again, I'm probably going to look to do something different. And so, you know, that can be can like, insecure is probably the right word. It could cause a sense of insecurity, but she has never done that with me and has always given me support. And, and subsequently, I mean, between, you know, fundamentally just following God, I'm going to be taken care of, but we've always been able to live by faith. But what would you say to somebody who would say, well, something like that to you, or, or even if you just saw that happening to her, how would you address that? Somebody that was kind of losing their identity. Well, more, more somebody who's like, pushing on somebody else to figure out what they're called oh. to do when they no. You know. first of all your calling is between you and the lord period mm. and so everybody else can have their things and that's great but it comes down to that and I, I am his biggest fan and that doesn't make me feel like i'm playing second fiddle to anything right right i love this role matter of fact i'm i'm wired a little bit like you where i'm pretty black and white i have a huge responsibility <laughs> i take everything very seriously and i take my role of backing him up extremely seriously probably a little too far sometimes <laughs> i have this man's back you know and um and i'm i'm an intuitive type person and i can kind of sense things and since things coming and things like that and man i'm trying to hit it off at the pass you know because right. because i look at us as one i honestly do mm -hmm. and so i have friends i literally have friends right now that are jealous of their spouse mm -hmm. because their spouse gets the press and their name never comes up and i'm like no man man he wins we all win right i really feel that way that our family wins because i'm 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 rooting for him and he roots for me and like when he had to leave and, and go get a different job, there were a couple of years that I was the one that had to direct the Bible college and he backed me up, mm -hmm. fiercely backed me up because it was us. And as much as he could be there, well, he would do that with me. And as much as I could be there, I would do that with him. So to me, it's weird to feel like, okay, well, that's his gig, but what do I do? Right. Because I really also think as we grow, there's going to be different roles for all of us. Right. We're going to grow into different things at different times in different seasons. And so right now, my season is um, 
helping him if he has any blind spots hey have you considered this you mm-hmm. know or whatever and um yeah she, yeah so, she's, she's yeah. being very kind to herself she's she's also the senior pastor of the church mm-hmm. we are senior pastors of the church and that is a huge role um that we're finding out you know we we're not lifelong pastors so as we walk this out i always like to you know liken it to one of those little round uh, puzzle games with the little bbs with the little holes in it mm-hmm. and you move it around till the bb falls in the hole and fits right so as we progress on this road that we don't know what it's going to look like or what it's going to sound like or what we're going to call it the bbs start to fall into place mm-hmm. because we're following his steps in his steps and so she has a huge role in that and transitioning from karis to this church uh, it, it has really been a blessing to us because we were in the church getting this thing going, building it. Uh, we hired this amazing guy to do the sound, by the way. <laughs> and uh, once that all that's in place, uh, she she came in now, and it's just uh, it's going to be so much uh, easier to deal with a lot of those everyday things. Yeah, you know. So uh, there, there's there's two things we have to focus on. One of them is you know honestly the physical world. In the spiritual world mm. so in the physical world we're dealing with the church getting the building up air conditioning running sound etc spiritual we're, we're dealing with people's spirituality their lives the questions they have praying with them meeting their needs going to the hospital uh doing those things so it's 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 huge yeah. so and we're doing it together together yeah but I, if you're asking what i would say to a wife possibly sure I'd say, but just be confident in who you are and don't let anybody else tell you who you yeah. are because 100% of us have to get that from the Lord anyway. Mm-hmm. And so just hang out with him and just ask him, yeah, where do I fit? And then you be confident where you fit. Just this, be, yeah, go ahead. Just be careful not to get your role from God from another person. Yeah. Man, right on. Right, everyone, right on. everyone today needs a word, needs a word. Well, I've got a whole book full of words. It's called the Bible. Mm-hmm. And that's where... Uh, you need to spend time with the Lord. You need to hear from the Lord. He will tell you what your giftings and callings yes. are. Yes, and a uh, funny joke real quick, uh, not a joke, a funny story is I grew up in a very traditional denomination, and um, one thing I told Stephen when we met, I said, I'll tell you one thing. I'm never going to work behind the scenes at a church again. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> never say never first thing. He said, why? Well, the denomination I came from, to be a pastor's wife, I had to play the piano, piano. and have a beehive and be a soprano singer. <laughs> yeah, I think I know which denomination that is. <laughs> so that is not me. And so if someone else is putting that over on the you. The beehive's you, right? Well, the beehive, <laughs> I do like the beehive. I, I feel so tall. I, I call it more of a wasp nest. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know. But if, if someone else is imposing that on you from the outside, you're going to feel like you don't fit. Because if somebody says pastor's wife and I automatically go, right. oh, no, I don't have a beehive. I got to learn to play the piano. Right. I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to sing in the choir. And I don't want to. No. And the Lord's gifted me to teach. Sometimes I teach. That's great. If I teach from the pulpit, great. If not, great. It's fine because that's who I am in life. Right. But, you know, don't let someone else put that over on you right. ever. Well, I think that's the thing, uh, you know, we talk about, this is something the Lord showed me pretty recently, and it was about tools. I always consider myself to be a tool of the Lord, right? He's going to use me how he wants to use me. And uh, people are always looking to figure out what they are, and they look to figure out what they are by how they're used, as opposed to just letting God do what he's going to do, right? And it it hit me one day 
when I had a, uh, I mean, I, I thought back, this is a relatively new revelation, but I thought back to days where I didn't have tools in my garage, physical tools. Um, I had a buddy come over and he's like, you don't have any tools. Actually, he's more gruff. He's like, you don't have any tools. <laughs> I was like, all right. So he got me a big, tall craftsman toolbox, like expensive stuff. And he just loaded it up with tools. Wow. Yeah. He was like, yeah. He's a great friend. And, um, still is. He lives in another state now, but anyway, <laughs> so he came over and, and part of it was cause I had gotten a new motorcycle and I couldn't work on it. Well, even with all those tools, there was a bolt that I had to get to and I couldn't get to it. So I went down, I, I was like, how do, what do I, yeah, how do I get to this thing? And he's like, I don't know, man, let's go to Steve's Hillsdale. And I was like, okay. Like, like Vin Diesel is it, your friend. It's like that, but it's, yeah, it's not. He was not Vin Diesel. He was bald, but, um, Still is, to my knowledge. <laughs> so, so we go down to Steve's Wholesale Tool, and I was opened up to a whole new world. I had no idea there's so many tools. And what I found so interesting, what I ended up buying is a socket uh, extension mm -hmm. that was on a spring. So it could make a turn and function. Super cool tool. Wow. Yeah. You maybe didn't even yeah, know those. I, I, yeah. I think I see one of those in our future. Yeah. Now. yeah. I, I it was, it's incredibly cool. And I found something else unique that the more specific and unique the tool is, the more value it has. Sure. Right? It costs yeah, more money. Interesting. And here's the thing the Lord uses, there's a lot of screwdrivers in the kingdom. Now, people can use those screwdrivers as hammers. It's not very effective. It breaks the screwdriver and it really mars up the surface that you're trying to hit. You can try to use a hammer with a screw and it won't ever hold because of what you're doing with it, right? You've got to use the right tool for the right mm -hmm. job, so on and so forth. Well, there's some of us that are designed to be used probably one time, hmm. but that impact is incredibly massive and it's crucial. So you might be this specialty tool. I still, my favorite tool that I've ever owned is those extensions. Sure. I've never used them again since needing it on the motorcycle, but it doesn't devalue it to me because if I ever need it, I know it's there for one and it is a specialty tool. Right. And so as I look at all the people around, I mean, God has created every, the three of us in this room, we, we may have similarities, but we are specifically created to do what we're specifically called it's to exactly do. exactly right, yes. And so within that, how many times do we have people, I remember being asked this question really early on in my career, um, and I hate calling it a career, but you know what I'm saying. Sure. <laughs> right. Um, the guy, we were at this uh, kind of a church plant, well, not kind of, it was a church plant, and a uh, young leadership team were sitting around at a restaurant around a table, and he's going around the table asking everybody who who's influenced him in ministry, what they want to be like, and or whatever, and I was nervous because I thought nobody, like I don't want to be like anybody, and I and everybody's saying these really big, profound names. <laughs> so <laughs> he gets to me, and and to me that statement sounds arrogant, and I, I hate know. that. But I said, man, I'll be honest, I just want to be me. Um, I like Kent Henry. I mean, I like I like that he is led by the Spirit when he leads worship. I mean, that's cool, but I don't want to be Kent Henry. I just want to be what God wants me to be. And that's always been in me, that sense of just trusting that because we already have a Kent Henry. Right, right. <laughs> you know? He's got one of those. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And it's like, you know, plus, and I don't want anybody to ever say I want to be like Jeremy because Lord knows we have too much of him already. <laughs> you know? But I think that's something that is so under understood in the kingdom is, is that the value of everybody, because again, we look to see how we've been used mm -hmm. right. versus how God's equipping us to be used. Sure. And we want to we want to say, okay, well, we've made all of these things. The other thing that I've learned is that 
I will un, it's unlikely that I'll know my greatest impact. It's something that's already happened, something that's going to happen, but either way, I probably won't know it. Sure. And it's really changed the way that I've approached what I do know I'm doing. Like if I lead, I lead worship every Sunday somewhere, uh, usually at New Life Church. And in that moment, I, I could easily think, well, that's where my biggest impact's at. I know for a fact it's not. Well, I don't know for a fact because you never know. But, you never know. Uh, I've told this story on other podcasts, so I won't go deep dive into this, but um, something happened to me a long time ago. I was a 16-year-old. I got handed a poem to write a song. I did. It was really simple. The long-term evolution of what happened with that turned into ministry to hundreds and wow. hundreds of young people. But I didn't even see that for 15 years right. and would have had no idea had I not been at one specific spot at mm -hmm. the right time. Right. I'll tell you guys the whole story off here. Um, but anyway, I just think that that's key in understanding that God's going to move you. He's going to use you. He's created everybody for a very specific purpose. And, uh, and I love that you're looking at his blind spots. That's something I think it's really, really underrated. Uh, my wife watches my, my biggest blind spot is rest. It's not overdoing it. Right. And she is the one that That's will good. always keep me on, on for that. She'll just say, Hey, you need a day off. You need a you nap. Take, take a second. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just, you know, cause you know, we'll have, you know, like we're on a stretch right now where rest is soon. <laughs> it needs to be. <laughs> right. Um, but it's just one of those things that just compiles over and over again. And eventually you just got to find that space. But that's my, the reason that's, that is my blind spot because I will just, uh, wear myself out cause I don't notice it cause I want to go do. Sure. So what's, what would you say is his blind spot? Well, he, he's got really good discernment as a person. I, I like that. He, he is so kind and he he genuinely loves people mm. and you know maybe i've put myself as <laughs> i am your bodyguard right. and better but it it is something that is so important to me that he not be taken advantage of yeah that makes it sound that's too strong because he's he he's good about that you know he's, he's still got the army in there sure. he's still got the cop in there and all that stuff but he loves people and I think he would pour himself out completely for people. Mm. And sometimes, not that that's not good. I'm not saying this I know well, what you're but it's you know just what I'm balance. saying? Just, just, I want to make sure that he, <laughs> I'm protecting his back <laughs> from any knives. Right, right. She, <laughs> does, she does a good job. I really she want really to. That's my heart because he's, he's, he genuinely loves people. Yeah. I mean, cares for them would give you the shirt off his back. I and like that one, by the way. So you just can saying. have it. It's yours. It's going to be a little tighter. <laughs> we go. <laughs> I just gave your shirt away. Yeah, thank you. Great protector. Exactly. Yeah, thanks. Oh, you really got his back. There, there went my armor. <laughs> you know what's great about that is what probably, honestly, she probably doesn't even realize is uh, she was talking about this discernment that I've had since I was just a small kid that I didn't know what it was. I'd called it my conscious or mm. whatever. Um, a lot, a lot of times the Lord will speak to me about something. And then you know how we do. We'll sit there, oh, maybe it's, and then she'll come right up and, and confirm that almost every time. <laughs> I'll say it. <laughs> yeah. So it's just a, a, always there's a confirmation from her for what the Lord's really, you know, trying to get me to discern. So it's a good, it's a good partnership. It's yeah. a good rhythm going yeah. to me. Yeah. It's good flow, you know. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Guys, 
thank you so much for being a part. It was fun. It was Absolutely, good? yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was good for me too. I mean, just getting to hear the complexity of some of those stories and, and hear more of your heart. I love it. You guys are awesome. And I want to thank you guys for listening to the podcast and joining us on the String Grace Network. And uh, look for the next episode of Conversations. I'm excited. we got a guest coming up later in September, an MMA fighter um, who's got some uh, recently got contracts. And I'm excited to learn more about MMA because I know nothing about MMA. Uh, but I'll be doing my research between now and then. Anyway, if you guys want to find more podcasts like these, you can at StringGrace.com. Also, if you would be so kind to share this podcast with somebody you hate, and uh, I won't judge you for that, and they won't either unless they hear this podcast, because that will be the best part if they actually listen. God bless you guys. We'll see you next time. <laughs>